0: I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training and I offer transformational coaching, but that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters,
1: wives, and friends. We're always learning and we've both experienced healing by what we
0: teach. And the intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life.
1: Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others
0: who inspire us. Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. So what makes this podcast special and unique from the rest is this time, rather than hearing Amy through a screen, I'm sitting right next to you. I know. It's so exciting you're here in my home. I'm here in Columbus, Ohio. Last night, Amy and I shared our Radiant Warrior workshop where we're sharing much of the tools that we discuss here on the podcast with the community at Amy's Yoga Studio, Radiant Yoga and Wellness. It was such a treat to share and to teach in that glorious space, Amy. It
1: really was. I was so excited that you could come see it and spend some time with our community,
0: and I really think they enjoyed every second of it. It's a beautiful space. It's in this historic building. If you'd like to see a video of me taking a tour of the space for the first time, we posted that on our Facebook page, uh, the Radiant Warrior Podcast Facebook page, and it is absolutely lovely. And I'm here to say that Amy puts her heart and soul into that space. Um, It's very lovingly raised by you each and every day. So, it's so, so special to be here.
1: Good. You can come back anytime.
0: I'm already planning on it. That's for sure. So, in today's podcast, um, we're going to talk a little bit about how fall is a season where we tend to feel a little bit more anxious in Ayurveda. We call that Vata season. And we'll talk about the power of creating schedules. And I know that sounds like boring, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there's actually a lot of freedom and excitement in knowing. That we're going to be able to do everything the next day that we intend to because we scheduled it. I'm also going to share from my experience a real proven way to help you get to sleep if you've been having trouble sleeping, if your mind is feeling a little bit busier at this time of year. But before that, we have super exciting news. We've been telling you about it the last couple of episodes. We've been creating a product for a while and it is finally open. The doors are open for you to join us for a radiant year.
1: I know, I can't believe it's finally here.
0: So what this looks like is if you choose to join us for a really low cost, less than a dinner out every month, you can receive a recorded weekly class made thoughtfully by Amy and I. And we're sharing so many skills and techniques from the worlds of therapeutic yoga and Ayurveda in order to help you feel balanced with the season, in order to reach your wellness goals for your body, your mind, and your heart. And if you want an example of what it feels like to practice with us, um, you can go to aradiantyear.com and you can download a free class that we've made for you. And that one helps to balance anxiety. So it's good for this time of year.
1: Yeah, definitely. Check it out.
0: Okay, and we hope to meet you in our radiant year. Um, We hope to create community with you during that year. And the doors will close, just so you know, on Saturday, September 28th. And the first time that you would receive a class from us in your inbox would be on Sunday. And then the idea is that you can fit that into your schedule at any point that it works for you. And speaking of schedules, because it is Vata season, you and I both know that something that is very regulating, for this busy time of year is intending to set a schedule for ourselves. So when we create a schedule, we want to think about what we'd like to make time for. So for instance, we have work, that's a have to. Mm -hmm. We have sleep, Mm -hmm. that's a must. We need to make time to eat, Mm -hmm. which surprisingly can go out the window.
1: Yeah, very easily forgotten.
0: And then we're starving all day long. Spacey. Mm -hmm. We'd like to make time to move, to have some outdoor time and to have some downtime, you know, some pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, We want to make time for all of that. So I thought today that we might show our listeners how we can easily build a schedule for ourselves. And full disclosure, this was recently reintroduced to me because before I came here, I was at a yoga therapy intensive in upstate New York with my teacher, Brant Pasalacqua. And he was reminding us that there's real freedom in creating schedules for ourselves because I don't know, when you hear like, let's get on a schedule, what comes up for you? Restriction, like I'm being regulated. We grew up with rules having to do this. And I think we all have an inner rebel that just wants freedom. But the truth is, if we think about it, if we wake up and we have a full day out in front of us, while that can be nice, too many of those without structure, I think that it starts to feel a little out of control, like if we could just do anything there's some discomfort in that. And I think a lot of people feel a sense of relief in the fall when it gets back to a little bit more regimented.
1: Yeah, you can feel that right now as the kids just went back to school or kids went back to college. There was a real shift from the like, laissez-faire schedule of the summer where you just really didn't know what you were going to do today. And now there seems to be a lot more structure. And I feel people, especially
0: coming into the studio, are embracing that structure, that return to routine. That's one of the helpful things about a yoga class is that you know that all right on this day at 6:15 in the morning before work I'm going to get my movement in and probably when you go to a yoga class you make the intention to do that the day before and the reason that it's helpful to make a schedule the day before is because it's been proven that we don't have a lot of willpower as human beings and so waking up in the morning and then deciding what we're going to do to move what we're going to do to eat it may not be Um, what serves us if we would have set the schedule the day before.
1: Right. When you can do anything, a lot of times we tend to do nothing. Mm -hmm. So we don't fit those important things in. And then we can have a little bit of regret when we haven't moved or haven't created that time for pleasure.
0: And it's a little bit more unbalancing for vata, this dosha that we talk about that's related to air and dryness and ether. And when vata is present in our body, we can feel a little bit more anxious. So if vata is really mobile then it just makes sense that it's pacified by regularity. Mm-hmm. And that can be something we resist to eating at the same time and going to bed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We,
1: we like our weekends. We like to stay up a little bit later on Friday and Saturday, and then maybe Sunday. And then we wonder why we dislike Mondays so much. <laughs>
0: exactly. All right. So Amy, let's um, use you as an example okay. of how we might set a schedule. I've been here in your home for four days and I've been witness to the fact that. You have a very busy schedule, a very busy family. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a day job. You have a partner, a dog. Yes. You're, of course, running Radiant Yoga and Wellness. I am. Which takes up so much time, although you're so happy when you're there. Yes.
1: Uh, It's a labor of love.
0: And you help raise your granddaughter because your daughter and son-in-law are also very busy creating their life.
1: Yes. So we are the primary babysitter when they are at work.
0: And then there's having to eat. Mm, and yeah. sleep. Oh, sleep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and downtime. Yeah, I haven't visited that much. And outdoor activity to squeeze in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So the way we might build a schedule is—I mean, you can get really formal, like I recently did on retreat, and you can take a sheet of paper and you can write times down in half an hour increments, and really just let yourself know what you're doing every half an hour. But a good way to start is to think about. So let's think about a day like today when you're not at the hospital on your day job, Mm -hmm. but you know you're going to the yoga studio. Yes.
1: So I would go to the yoga studio for the first class of the day, which today is at 930, and be available to support the teacher and answer questions for the students and just see the community and get to interact with them, which I love. But on the way there, I would be picking up my beautiful granddaughter to go with me while my daughter's at work. And- she helps me greet the people and <laughs> and hang out at the studio and then i would once that first class was over i would be there to support the teachers or the practitioners that are there as well as attend to all of the baby's needs
0: so when you are opening the studio and picking up penny on the way what time do you have to leave in the morning i would need to leave at 8:30 okay so we know that you're in the car by 8:30 and so what happens before then in order to serve you for the day?
1: So I would need to eat. Mm-hmm. I would need to get some tea, maybe spend time in quiet or silence just to ground myself. And if my husband's home, you know,
0: spend a few minutes with him to just connect and, and go over what our days will look like. So what time would you need to wake up in order to make sure that you've got time to have your tea, to have your quiet time, to get ready, and then to make yourself breakfast? At least
1: an hour before I would have to leave.
0: You're quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said at least. Yeah. yeah. When I was looking at a schedule for the next day, because at our retreat, we set a schedule for the first work day that we're back at home. And for me, that's tomorrow. Um, for those of you listening, that's your today, because we're recording this the day before I arrived back home in Vancouver. And, you know, I definitely realized that I take... Um, quite a while doing sort of bathroom, getting ready time, because I have these morning rituals, Mm -hmm. like the um, oil pulling and splashing my face with water and skin brushing and, and self oil massage. Like there's a lot of things that I've done over the years that now just are automatic, but I have to make sure that I have enough time for them. And if I don't, I can do it all really quickly. But I always want to make sure that I do that. But the eating part is sometimes what gets cast aside, and I'll just grab something to quickly eat when I get to the yoga studio. So for you, you want to make sure that you're waking up like an hour, an hour and a half before you have to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how are you doing today so far with that? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> because we taught last night, mm-hmm. and um, then we did this this wonderful outing where we went and we we looked at a part of Amy's life. And so we stayed up a little bit later last night, While I'm here, you know, just experiencing and we have to give ourselves freedom for things to be different when things are different, like when you have a guest, Mm -hmm. but yeah, full disclosure, we've rolled out of bed and now we're recording this for you.
1: Yes. And we went to bed probably two hours later than I would normally go to bed. One of the things we did after teaching last night, which was so beautiful and that was amazing. So we were on a little bit of a high and I have a house that's for sale right now and it's not selling as quickly as I would like it. So we did a little research and we found the this idea of St. Joseph and burying St. Joseph in your yard to help bring him in to sell your house. A it's little statue of him. A little <laughs> statue of St. Joseph. Yes, a little <laughs> two-inch tall statue of St. Joseph. <laughs> so we drove up in the dark on a little adventure and... I took Lisa through the house so she could see it. And we loved on the walls and (laughs) tried to bring in the next family that will hopefully be on their way to buy the house and love it. And, and then in the dark at late at night, we were digging in the dirt (laughs) to try to bury St. Joseph on his head in in the the, front yard, in the front yard.
0: I was the one that was looking around to make sure that we were going to get arrested.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's a very quiet neighborhood. So I'm sure they had either had no idea we were doing this or were wondering who these women were digging in the front yard. (laughs) So we were finally able to bury St. Joseph upside down in the front yard to bring about his help to sell this house and thank him in all that he's going to do to make this a quick and expeditious sale.
0: Well, it's it's an idea. (laughs) It was cute because I was here and I was privy to the conversations around this because your husband didn't know that you had ordered St. Joseph. Right. One thing that I know and love about Amy and what makes our partnership so special is you just research everything. Yes. If you're going to do something, you want to know everything about it. Yes. And my daughter is a lot like that. So I can imagine that you Googled, Yeah. help to sell my home. And St. Joseph is the first thing that comes up.
1: (laughs) So there has to be something to that statistically and- I'm all for it. If if a little two-inch statue of St. Joseph <laughs> helps sell this house, then I have no issues going out in the middle of the night and burying St. Joseph upside down in the front yard.
0: So I was here when you got the mail and you brought this envelope over to your husband, Jeff, mm-hmm. and he said, what is this? And you said, just open it. And so he opens it up and he you know comes up with this tiny little white statue and he's mm-hmm. like, what? Mm-hmm. And then you explain to him what it is. And you say, so will you go do that? He said, No. <laughs> He goes. How much did you pay for this? It was six dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll keep you posted if that place sells. It's been on the market for just twenty five days. But we do have a sort of a drop dead date that we needed to sell by. Yeah. Um. So we'll be we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll keep you
1: posted if this really works. And then <laughs> there might be Saint Joseph
0: statues everywhere around the country. So you see, there are reasons that sometimes you need to stay up late. Yeah, this was important. And then get up a little later and. For today, Amy's missing her downtime because we'll record this, and then you're heading to pick up your granddaughter and heading to the studio. Mm -hmm. So let's move on with your schedule. We're just kind of um, showing you how you can plan your day based on the things that you have to do and then sort of back up around those times to make time for yourself and to make time to really nourish yourself. Um, So you're at the studio for most of the day. When does eating happen?
1: I still am able to eat pretty regularly while I'm there because there's so many beautiful little cafes or places to get really nourishing food around there. So I will stop into one of the cafes and get some soup or a croissant or tea and bring it back to the studio and eat quietly. And the studio
0: is a place that really supports me being able to eat in a quiet space. So you've got your food down. You can eat at regular times and then you can eat when it's quiet and you have pleasant surroundings around you Mm -hmm. and that really is ideal um through my work with you you have taught me when I'm working at home and I make myself lunch I put the phone away and I turn off podcasts and I just sit Mm -hmm. somewhere even you know just for that 15-20 minutes where when I'm consuming my lunch Mm -hmm. and I just focus on nourishing myself and I, I do think it makes a big difference
1: yeah the only um caveat to that is sometimes Penny's with me and she is a very busy girl. And so sometimes we'll eat our lunch together. So I'll eat, she eats, I eat, she eats. So we just sit there and eat together.
0: I love that though. I miss those days. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy that we can we can both sit there and, and just have our little time together mm-hmm. and have our little chats and, and just share our meal and be able to just be in
0: her presence. So when it comes to scheduling yourself time outside, How's that going in the life that you're leading right now? So my time outside, like to spend
1: time outdoors, I do have a dog. And so spending time outdoors is many times multitasking, walking the dog as well as spending time outside or walking Penny, Penny and I go on walks. And if we're at the studio, Penny and I will go on walks while the class is going on because she can be a little verbose while she's there, she likes to chatter and talk and that's not conducive to Shavasana sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Penny and I will walk
0: as well outside. So that's how I, I fit outdoor time in. Okay. So you're thinking about that. That's wonderful. That's Mm -hmm, great. mm -hmm. And then tell me a little bit about, is there an opportunity for regularity and dinner time?
1: No. Mm -hmm. If I'm at the hospital, I leave the hospital about five o'clock and generally I'm on my way to the studio either to teach or to be there to support the other
0: teachers. And dinner doesn't, dinner is very much an afterthought Mm -hmm. in the evening. So when we're putting our schedules together, this is important to realize this when we start to write down everything that we're doing in the day, we notice, Hmm, you know, I'm, I'm not making time for dinner Mm -hmm. or I haven't eaten all day. And so by the time dinner comes, I'm absolutely starving. So what Amy might do in this situation is get creative and think about how, she could make dinner for herself, nourishing herself before she goes and nourishes the studio and all these students, mm-hmm. make that a priority a little bit more. Do you want to maybe think about some ways that that dinner could be first?
1: Yeah. And what's interesting about this is when we're talking from an Ayurvedic perspective and we're talking about, you know, it's vata season and pacifying vata, I am very strongly constitutionally another dosha and that we haven't talked about a lot on the podcast. And I am very strongly... Kappa dosha, which is very much related to earth and water and has a whole slew of qualities and characteristics around that. And for me, I do better without dinner a lot of days and I do better. And if I do need to eat dinner, it, it needs to be something really light. So in this situation, just for my specific constitution, and it probably wouldn't work, I'm sure for everybody, but if I'm going to skip any meal or make a meal an afterthought, dinner is the best one for me
0: to do. Yeah, Ayurveda would say that lunch is the time to really have that bigger meal of the day and then a lighter meal at dinner time. But also, we, both Amy and I, always want to be careful around talking about like what to eat and how much to eat because that's a really sticky situation for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And as Amy said, she's talking about what works for her. And that probably makes you feel better in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows that through her studies and being really self-aware. Um, but Ayurveda is always meant to be gentle and and very personal and just making suggestions. Yes. Personal from
1: each and every individual, not just from each dosha, but also every individual is,
0: is divinely unique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And rather than a big dinner that you're sitting down for, um, there's tea, there's something light, mm-hmm. but something that a lot of us get at dinner time is that connection with the people that we love. It is the time to sit down and share about our day. And how does that go for you in your schedule right now? It doesn't. Aww.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. Um, and my husband and I are able to connect in other ways. We don't have a lot of evening time together because of our our schedules right now. Um, I'm generally at the studio most evenings until about eight 30. I get home usually around nine o'clock every night and our mornings start very early. He also works at the hospital. So we, the days that we're at the hospital, one or both of us are gone by four 30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, so we try to connect, make very specific efforts to connect throughout the day, you know, whether it's talking on the phone or sending each other little pictures and, you know, talking about the rest of the family and what we need to do to attend to them. And, and he is a great help for me at the studio as well. So he will come up to the studio when I'm there and help me with things that I need there. So we try to be very intentional about connecting once or twice a day, you know, just to review our day and, and stay connected with how
0: we're doing. That's something that I've really witnessed with the two of you is your quality over quantity. Yes. You know, because sometimes we might have a lot of time in the evening with our partner, but because we do, we take that for granted and it might not be that quality real connection time. Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of my love languages, which is like quality time. When I come home, like, I really appreciate time to look one another in the eyes and and talk about the day that we had and what's come up. And I notice that you and Jeff, you do that really well. Like the moment you come in, the two of you are, are really talking. Mm-hmm. Mhm yeah and we don't we don't
1: watch tv together we don't spend time doing anything else but just sitting there and talking to each other we don't we're not multitasking while we're trying to communicate which i really enjoy
0: what i like about talking to you about creating a daily schedule a bit of a routine to balance vata or um, you know, the chaotic, turbulent quality of anxiousness that we can feel at this time of year is how you're such an example of how we can fit it in, even in the midst of such a busy life. So you've gotten creative about how you're getting your outdoor time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have a dog, so that gets you out. And then you and Penny have plenty of time um, out in this beautiful neighborhood. And you are making time for the meals that serve you. And you are certainly getting community because mm-hmm. of your studio. And that's very uplifting.
1: Yeah, looking for any opportunity. If something is important to you, and I have found that if I haven't been able to spend enough time outside, I'll look for any opportunity to be outside, whether it's taking my meal outside while I'm at the hospital. There's these beautiful little courtyards around the hospital where you can sit outside and eat. Or if I'm going from one end of the hospital to the other, I'll go outside and walk around the building. And just that little two or three minute break. And I'm still walking from one destination to the other, but it really makes a difference doing it outside as opposed to inside. And and I think there are, are multiple opportunities through the day that we might not notice if, if we need some quiet or we need some outdoor time to find that already built into
0: our day. Mm-hmm. That's what I find talking to a lot of clients is that the morning starts and they don't feel that they've had any time for themselves. It's just right into kids and rushing around and getting off to school and getting off to work. And I recently sent a newsletter to my community that offered an idea to take just five, 10, maybe 15 minutes in the morning and set time aside for you before your busy day starts. It can make all the difference if instead of reaching for the phone or allowing the day to overtake you, that you take a few minutes to breathe you take a few minutes just to move, you can be in bed and you can be stretching and moving the joints of your body. And you take a moment just to set an intention for the day, you can do all of that in a couple of moments. But it makes such a big difference because you're claiming a part of your day. And then it makes it easier to stick to any schedule that you intended to because you started on your own terms rather than just letting thoughts and worries and the needs of other people overtake you. Yeah, it feels much more grounded and centered when you're able to have that time in the morning
1: as opposed to just being drug into your day and then maybe feeling like you might be behind all day long or you might be missing parts that you wanted to attend to before your schedule got so busy or so away from you.
0: And I wanted to share that I had an experience of recently of what it felt like to be on a schedule versus what it felt like to not be before I arrived here with you in Columbus, I flew to upstate New York, because that's where the live modules of the yoga therapy intensive that I'm I'm taking part in take place. And so I flew there, there is a bit of a time difference to get over. So it's three hours later, which is tough in the morning, because the intensive, we're sitting for our first morning class at 7am. So that's 4am for me. Mm. So that definitely interrupts my sleep. And I'll get to that in a moment. But The positive, well, there's so much positive about that yoga therapy, course, but the positive when it comes to scheduling is that we're staying on site at a retreat center. We are going to bed at the same time. We are eating breakfast at the same time, lunch and dinner, and we have breaks at the same time. And it's in a very beautiful setting. And so there is plenty of opportunity to go outside. There's also plenty of opportunity for community. The community at um, Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy is just is just amazing. So my system felt very good, even though I wasn't sleeping perhaps as long as I normally would, just because of the regularity of that schedule. And I made a note, you know, it's like, oh, these teachings Mm -hmm. from Ayurveda saying that Vata is really balanced by schedules. It's true, Mm -hmm. because beforehand I'd been on an airplane five hour airplane ride, and then a three hour drive Mm. through the New Jersey turnpike, which (laughs) if any of our listeners have experienced, that's one of the most stressful things that I have ever experienced on the road. So that quality of Vata was very imbalanced when I finally arrived at the retreat. And I could tell how my system was calming down. And I was feeling more grounded as I was on that schedule. Mm -hmm. So that was great. And then between that Yoga therapy course and coming to you, I met my husband and my daughter in New York City. Mm. This is something that we planned. Just, you know, I was, while I was there, we, we saw a couple of shows and Grace went and had a tour at NYU, her dream school. So we'll see. But when we were there, you know, we had tickets to shows and we were staying up later and there wasn't a regular breakfast time or lunch time. And even though the trip was feeding me in other ways. I definitely noticed the difference. I didn't have as much energy, and just my digestion and my system noticed the difference. So it was very interesting to experience that contrast. And again, I want to say that there's not one that's better or worse. Vacation serves us in a lot of ways, and and traveling serves us in so many ways. It can be aggravating for our systems, and creating a schedule is just one of these simple, real world, non complicated ways that we can soothe ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And even on vacation, if you could
1: maybe stick to regular bedtimes, maybe. It, I mean, I know that's not always possible with shows and and late dinners at, at marvelous restaurants. Mm-hmm. But but if you could even make the effort a little bit to stick to regular mealtimes or regular waking times, then that could go a long way. Because I think a lot of people come back from vacation exhausted. Yeah. Or their <laughs> digestion is really disrupted by a vacation. And, and not to say we don't take vacations, please take vacations, but, but also notice the effects that that disruption in your routine has
0: maybe in your, your emotions or
1: definitely in your digestion.
0: Yeah, Especially if you do happen to be a person that can drop more into Vata, which is meaning dropping more into sort of feeling spacey and out of focus. And when you're speaking it's kind of going all over the place and drier in the digestion travel can really be aggravating and Mm -hmm. i i have definitely struggled with that and so now it is all about finding some regularity in the freedom and finding rituals that support me and that's just the next thing i wanted to share with you that i was able to sample on this last trip sleep was elusive at first Mm. it was elusive because of the time difference because I had literally been, as you say, up in the ether in an airplane. Mm-hmm. So when I lay down that first night, um, I stayed in Western Massachusetts actually as well for the first few <laughs> nights before my yoga therapy retreat. It was like when I lay down, my system felt still very active. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends described it as feeling like zingy inside, yeah, you know yeah And I was like, okay, that's what it feels like to have your vata deranged yes is i'm tired i'm laying here i'm still i would normally be able to fall asleep and that's not happening no it just couldn't and on the first few nights um i was laying in a friend's bedroom there who lives in massachusetts and the bed is right next to a window and had my eyes closed and all of a sudden um i could sense that it was light and i thought oh maybe she has a um maybe she has a motion detector light in her backyard. And so I opened my eyes and the sun was coming up and I was so sad because I hadn't slept yet. <laughs> I was like so stressful. So what can happen for me? And I don't know if you can relate, but if I have the first night when I'm away where it's hard for me to sleep, I really get into my head about it. Yeah. I'm like, Oh no, I have to sleep.
1: Like every night's going to be like this and I'm never going to sleep again.
0: Ever. <laughs> yes. And then I know that that's a problem. Like I'll start to think of it during the day. Okay. I really have to sleep tonight. So unfortunately, it was a, a bit of a thing where each night I was maybe getting a couple of hours. And by the time I got to the yoga therapy course, I said, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm going to pull out the big guns. I'm going to do everything that I know how to do in order to sleep. And I wanted to share it because it worked. Oh. And when you're in a dorm room with a roommate who's also a yoga therapist, mm-hmm. you can do these things. Yes. So I said to her, her name was also Lisa. I said, all right, I'm not able to sleep. So I hope you can bear with me. And I did everything I know how to do to balance vata. And one thing that vata really likes is moving and breathing at the same time. Not like, a, you know, serious vinyasa flow before bed, but just easy moving in time with breath. You know, even just flowing warriors or reaching the arms up and lowering them back down, um, like half sun salutes, where you're reaching the arms up, and then you're very slowly forward folding and back up. But I did that for a good half an hour, just all of these different yogic movements, but very slow, very easy, and very in time with the breath. So nothing that was exerting at all, I made sure that the breath could be as long and deep as possible. And even just after doing that, And I ran you through something like that yesterday when we were preparing for our Vata Balancing Workshop. Mm -hmm. Did you notice in your body how you just felt Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. calmer? Yeah. Steadier? Definitely. It's like it takes that Vata zingy energy inside Mm -hmm. when you're focusing on moving and breathing at the same time and it just anchors it. Mm -hmm. It gives it something to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It gives that busy Vata mind something to hook onto. So I did that. And then I sat on the bed and I did some breath techniques that are really soothing for vata. I did three-part breath and I did alternate nostril breath. And that's something that you can for sure learn from um, a great teacher. And that is also very soothing for me, works for me. And then I um, put some special vata balancing essential oils on the soles of my feet and started to give myself. A bit of a self massage on the bed. And then I turned around on the bed so that my hips were up against the headboard or the wall. Mm-hmm. And then I had my legs up the wall and I continued to just breathe long and deep. And then to even just put the cherry on top of this ritual, I went to the insight timer and I mm-hmm. put my earphones on mm-hmm. and I listened to a yoga nidra for sleep. Mm. That sounds divine. And I went to sleep. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. So, this stuff really works. And for those of you who haven't experienced a yoga nidra, it is this incredible experience where you can't help but turn off everything else because you're so focusing on the directions of this guided meditation. It takes you so deep. Mm-hmm. It's so slow, and the directions are so
1: minuscule, even like from just noticing your third toe. <laughs> on your right foot and so it's such a thorough body scan i feel like you just spend so much time focusing on just these little tiny body parts that that you can get very deep into it
0: that's one of our favorite things to do whenever we feel like we're taken away by the mind focusing on the physical body is such a great way to become present Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah it takes us out of the mind and into the
0: body and i feel like what we spoke about on the podcast today um, creating schedules and rituals for sleep are a couple of more concepts that you'll find and you'll be able to explore more in depth if you choose to join us for a radiant year. Yeah,
1: all of the things, all of the tools mm-hmm. to help create routine and support you throughout your what I'm sure is already busy day.
0: So we invite you once again to head to a radiant com and you can read all about that upcoming program, which is going to launch the last Sunday of this month, just a few days after fall equinox. When the dropping of the leaves teach us how to let go of what no longer serves us. Well, I'm flying home in just a few hours, so I'm just about to go and unbalance my vata again. Yes, be (laughs) up in the ether for many hours. Um, And next time I speak to you, Amy, it'll be back in two different time zones.
1: All right, I can't wait. Love you. you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it.
1: And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.